welcome to a brand new EPL show. We've had the EPL show in the past, we've had the English football show in the past, but we're back and better than ever for an English Premier League specific show here on FNR Football Nation Radio. I'm Nick Hughes, together with Josh Parrish. We're coming back out of the international break. We're getting back into the Premier League action. We're heading into that fantastic winter period where the games just come thick and fast. And I cannot wait for how it's going to shape up heading into the new year because the title race is already very interesting. The top four race is already very interesting. We've had plenty of managerial movements over this international break as well. So lots to unpack ahead of the Premier League's return. But first of all, Josh, uh, we've just had uh, a fantastic hour on the green room. How are you going? How are you, uh, how are you feeling for this uh, little run of, of Premier League fixtures that we have? Well, it's always a little sad when you go into the international break and you know some of the storylines, you know, won't continue to develop as they have. But what has happened in this international break? And let's not beat around the bush. The man here is wearing a Liverpool jersey. You've got to be excited to see Stevie G back in the Premier League, even if it is with Aston Villa. Absolutely. I, um, for, for, for two reasons. I think, one, him leaving Rangers, I think I, uh, I now don't have to um, you know, choose who I, who I like to get behind in terms of uh, Steven Gerrard and Ange Postacoglu <laughs> in, the, in the Scottish Premier League. Um, but you know, him, him coming to Aston Villa... Uh, as as much as I really don't want to think about the the day uh, when when it does inevitably come that Jurgen Klopp leaves uh, Anfield, I think Steven Gerrard coming into the Premier League just gives that hint that he he is one step closer to uh, potentially taking uh, taking the top job at Liverpool, which is uh, is something certainly uh, very exciting uh, i think it's 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 been coming you know he's he's been linked with previous jobs the newcastle one in particular uh recently obviously eddie howe has taken that one one of uh, a few new managerial uh posts appointments. Uh, yes. appointments yes that will uh that will begin heading out of this international break but to start uh i think we we will discuss the the international break uh itself uh plenty going on uh in the world cup qualifiers and where uh, Portugal and Italy have had their struggles. Uh, England certainly haven't in the last uh, week or so. 15 goals scored uh, against Albania and San Marino. 5-0 against Albania. 10-0 uh, against England. And a few breakout performers. Maybe uh, a bit later on we'll, we'll touch more on our thoughts uh, on the Premier League season so far. But a couple of guys, Emil Smith-Rowe, Connor Gallagher, getting their first look-ins uh, for the national team, which is very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Conor Gallagher has come out of nowhere. Crystal Palace has been a bit of a revelation um, this season. You know, I think when we did our preview show, you were very low on yes, Patrick Vieira and Crystal we, Palace. Not, you swung for the fences on a, on a relegation, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, but they've defied the doubters and uh, are playing very, very good football. Uh, I've been really impressed with his sort of tactical acumen and the way he's adapted in specific games. Uh, I really liked how they, they set up against Manchester City by being a little bit more uh, aggressive in terms of their defensive structure and actually fronting the uh, the midfield uh, and preventing the balls from being played into uh, 
the likes of Gundogan and Bernardo Silva when they take up those pockets and not just sticking everyone behind behind the ball and hoping for the best. And, uh, you know, I think the managers had a big part to play in that, but also Conor Gallo, who's on loan from Chelsea, I believe. Yes, yeah, uh, correct. He's so energetic. He's covering so much ground, but also he's demonstrated quite a, a coolness and, and uh, I guess... Uh, a certain poise in the final third and in front of goal for a player with very little top flight experience mm. uh, is really striking to see in his first few outings. So uh, a bolter to be sure for the England squad, but a, a welcome one. And I think uh, Republic of Ireland fans will just be uh, searching Ancestry.com now because Gallagher <laughs> sounds suspiciously eligible <laughs> if I say so myself. Yeah, we um, well, we, we know there's plenty of history uh between England and, and Ireland in terms of uh, international yep. representation. Uh, Jack Grealish, Declan Rice, uh, just to It'd name be nice to get one couple. back. It know. would. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been nice to get that one back, but yeah. he's only played – he's played in a uh, – in a uh, qualifier now, has he? So he's, yeah, so he's, be... he's cap tied, and I, I think it's another one uh, uh, that uh, the Ireland fans will be ruining in the in the years yeah, to come. I should un- say, uh, unfortunately for them. But uh, I think the the Irish themselves, I think, have uh, had a, a decent little uh, qualification campaign. But it's a it's an interesting one with. Uh, Gallagher because he he had his premier. It's seemingly had. Excuse me. Had his Premier League chance uh, last year with uh, with West Bromwich Albion, and he really didn't take it. Mm. Uh, he had a couple of fantastic loan spells uh, within the same season. the The first half of uh, of the nineteen twenty season uh, at Charlton, who up until the point that he left, really uh, under Lee Bowyer a, a, a couple of years ago, it was were were really flying after just being promoted from League One. He was a, a, a terrific uh, part of that. Um, first six months of the season, he then moved on to another loan spell for Swansea. Swansea went on uh, to reach the uh, the championship playoff final. Ream Brewster was also on loan there and, and scoring plenty of goals. But like I said, he, he then took that step into the Premier League with West Brom. It didn't work out for him. It didn't work out mm-hmm. for West Brom. And then he comes into Crystal Palace and maybe it's a, a change of system, uh, a different role that, that he's being used in. But he seems to to really have found his feet uh, and it, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward because Chelsea have that sort of interesting history with uh, academy products. You know, for every Mason Mount that is um, heavily depended upon by by the last couple of man- um, last couple of managers and and been very good. You know, you have a, a Tammy Abraham story that looks like he had the potential, but is is ultimately uh, sold on and. I think even in the summer just gone, you know, Tino Livramento and and a couple of, of, of those lesser known guys, you know, have sort of moved on before they were given their opportunity. So it'll be interesting if, if Gallagher can uh, can sort of wrestle his way uh, into uh, into the, the Chelsea team uh, more permanently. Emil Smith-Rowe as well, uh, I think... Is a, is a big one to talk about. Pakua Frimpong behind the glass is uh, waving her hands in the air. Uh, scored his first England goal uh, on his debut appearance. He, he of course, uh, and just like Gallagher, neither of them were actually picked in the initial squad by Gareth Southgate. They only came in because there were a, 
a slew of players mm. um, uh, ended up back at their clubs halfway through the international break with little niggling injuries. I think Jordan Henderson, Marcus Rashford were uh, a couple of them. Uh, but Smith Rowe has, has been really ever since he came into the Arsenal team sort of halfway through last season has been a, a real breath of fresh air. Uh, Arsenal were crying out for that creative number 10 player. A lot of people were looking at Mesut Ozil's uh, lack of registration in any uh, any sort of competition and thinking, you know, what, what what's going on there? But in Emil Smith-Rowe, they've, they've found a real gem. Yeah, I have 100% agree. Uh, I think maybe his uh, prominence in the Arsenal first team was belated uh, and Arteta should have called on him, upon him earlier. Mm. He spent some time on loan at, at Huddersfield uh, in difficult circumstances. I think they were battling <laughs> relegation. And um, Emil Smith-Rowe has been highly rated by people at Arsenal for years and years, but we've heard a lot about these Arsenal youth prospects and a lot of them, you know, don't come off. I mean, we all remember Fran Morita and there's a lot of names (laughs) down the years uh, from the Arsenal Academy. It doesn't quite happen for. Uh, So really happy, really happy to see uh, Smith Rowe, not only in an Arsenal kit, but in an England Jersey. I think he's someone who could move the needle for England in terms of, chance creation because they they sort of uh, asked their way to the, the Euro 2020 final, yeah. in my opinion, with a, a string of very narrow victories and uh, pretty conservative style with a double pivot with Phillips and Declan Rice. And obviously Jack Grealish was the uh, player that people were quote-unquote clamoring for. <laughs> uh, and now the, the clamor has officially uh, started for Emil Smith-Rowe to start um, proper serious games for England. Unfortunately, you don't get serious games in qualifying for England because they always breeze through it. There's no high pressure uh, in, you know, uh, environments to, to get that uh, experience in. And then they go to a tournament and suddenly everybody clams up. So I don't know what it is about qualifying, but I, I think it's something to do with the mentality of the English national team that they can't seem to uh, bring their best football when the heat is on. Uh, but when there's some uh, lesser opponents to knock seven or eight goals past and, you know, they're qualifying with games to spare, uh, suddenly the handbrake comes off and they play some of their best football. But what I want to ask you, Nick, is Harry Maguire. Mm. His goal celebration against Albania yeah. uh, drew a lot of mockery, a lot of criticism from the likes of Roy, Roy Keane. Keane. He thought yeah. it was... Uh, embarrassing. He's in the heat, or he's been rubbish for two weeks. <laughs> it's like he's in the studio. Um, but I, I had one problem with it, and that was that he both cupped his ears and then put his fingers in his ears, which seemed to send a mixed message. Yeah. So do, do, do you want people to to keep going, or do you or are you blocking them out? Um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. I mean, you know. If, Fair play to him if, if he wants to sort of make a statement. It, it obviously has been tricky and, you know, from from his point of view, it, it can't be easy as as the captain of, mm. of Manchester United, as the captain of any club really, but as the captain of Manchester United in particular, given some of the results that they've uh, they've had, some of the performances that he's put in. Look, I, I'm sure internally he'll he'll probably look himself in the mirror and, and tell himself that he, he hasn't been good enough and that the team hasn't been good enough, but... Yeah, scoring uh, in a five nil win against Albania and a ten ten nil win against San Marino, it's uh, it's not quite uh, statement level uh, performances. I wouldn't have thought it was anything to crow about. No, I mean, and no one's saying that Harry Maguire isn't a threat off set pieces. 
you know, it's been his defensive play that has drawn the eye. Maybe, maybe the time to silence the haters is not after a great last ditch tackle or something. <laughs> I think Italy have uh, proven that particular conventional wisdom wrong. Yeah. I think the sort of goal celebration esque. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bonucci and Chiellini yeah, getting a, chest bumping yeah, is is real foreheads. real dub for the for the defenders of the world, and uh, mm. more should take after them. Uh, but you know, Harry Maguire is always, uh, you know, in the media spotlight because he's the captain and he has to come out for these interviews. And, of course, Roy Keane felt he wasn't uh, giving his apology with requisite gusto. But when you have to (laughs) apologise every week and say it's not the result we wanted, it starts to become a bit of a chore. And I'm not convinced that it is the player's um, place to apologise. Maybe after something like the 5-0 against Liverpool, but not every week. I mean coming out to front up in front of the cameras, it's become this uh, ritual of self-flagellation at Manchester United. I think is, uh, I don't think it's helpful. No, and there's there, there's been plenty of talk about the uh, the sort of social media graphics that they've put up uh, 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 on a number of occasions. I think the mm. uh, the Jesse Lingard uh, errant back pass that played in Young Boys' winner in the Champions League was one. Uh, the the Bruno Fernandez missed penalty against Aston Villa was another that's sort of been mocked um, widely from uh, f- fans from, from other Premier League clubs, uh, particularly on Twitter. But it's uh, it's an interesting point you raise about uh, Maguire and his set pieces because that was really what um, was the catalyst for Manchester United uh, buying him was the that World Cup, although he, mm. he had one more season at Leicester uh, after that World Cup where he scored maybe two or three goals. Um, I think certainly one in the, the quarterfinal against Sweden. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. Obviously, the there's results, like I said, do have England uh, qualified and, and set in their place uh, for the World Cup next year. You know, their last couple of, of major tournaments have been both positive and negative. It's interesting you, you mentioned the... Uh, the Euro uh, t- 2020, as it was, uh, final. Um, you know, you have England there. Whether or not they were necessarily there on merit is is possibly a, a question for debate. And then, of course, you have Italy, who now have to go through uh, a playoff to uh, to make next year's World Cup. They, of course, didn't qualify at all for for Russia 2018. Mm. Uh, so it uh, it paints an interesting picture going forward. Uh, the Premier League, of course, as well, uh, over this international break, released their schedule, uh, which basically confirmed what everyone uh, was assuming, or certainly anyone that plays Football Manager would have uh, would have been able to predict it because uh, they've they've been all on top of it. Once you get into the the twenty twenty one or the twenty twenty two twenty twenty three season, as it is, uh, they'll take that you know six week break. Or whatever it is, mm-hmm. when uh, when all the countries go to Qatar, and then I think they're picking up the tools again eight days after the World it's Cup crazy. final. Crazy! It is yeah. absolutely crazy. This is going to be a disaster. It is, especially for England because that's their their peak, their uh, crazy bit of the season where everyone's playing every three days, and it's you know it's football season over over Christmas, and to not give a. I mean, obviously, it's a terrible idea to play the World Cup in the middle yeah. of the season. It's obviously a terrible idea to play it in Qatar. <laughs> Maybe less of a, a bad idea to not play it in the Qatar summer. That's that's probably a good move yeah. if you're going to play it in Qatar. <laughs> but this scheduling, it pays almost no uh, no respect to the tournament. Not that I you know think it should be there, obviously. But 
it doesn't seem like the players are going to have much opportunity to you know, play a friendly before yep. it starts, settle into camp. I think it's going to be a terrible tournament yeah. and the club season is going to suffer as well because players coming straight off the back of the World Cup, you know, especially if they go deep into the tournament and then potential you know, heartbreak come the end and lots of minutes in their legs over a short amount of time in um, you know, a country where the heat's going to be an issue even in winter. And then going straight back into the peak of the Premier League season after that, I mean, these players are getting flogged within the within an inch of their lives. We heard from the Belgian players, I think it was. Of course, they have a huge Premier League contingent. And I think it was after a Nations League semi-final or yeah, something. Yeah, Courtois. It was, was Thibaut Courtois yeah. saying, why are we here? What are we playing? What is this game for? Like, yeah. you can't be serious. Uh, how many games do we have to play in a calendar year? How many players have to get serious injuries and yep. uh, before they uh, actually think about the the load that these players are, are working under? Yeah, and it's it's not it's not just going to be that World Cup. You know, there's there's probably bound mm-hmm. to be a, a Copa America at some point because there's one of those just about every yep. year. There's uh, there's centenario, that, yeah. <laughs> centenario plus one. Yep. Plus two, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's uh, there's Afcon uh, coming up. Uh, in in a couple of months as well uh, over the turn of the year. So, yeah, I mean, we we could probably sit here all day and and talk about the state of football as it is with, you know, broadcasters and and all the money that's being thrown around uh, and everything. But we are the EPL show, uh, so we'll stick to uh, the EPL as it is. Uh, And a number of the budding Premier League stars that we've mentioned have helped England secure qualification for Qatar 2022. We'll take a quick break now. And on the other side of it, we previewed a little, previewed it a little bit uh, starting the show. Plenty of managerial movement going on, certainly headlined by Steven Gerrard's return to the Premier League. He'll have his debut match at, uh, at Villa Park. Are they at home? They are at mm-hmm. home against Brighton this weekend. And we'll break it down after the break.